yeah, just put the Irukandji tentacles out and just sat on him for 20 minutes. He didn't get, an, he didn't really get another look in. So good. Oh, and now his quarterfinal coming up later. But you might have seen these celebrations after both Sal and Owen's Heats wins. It's the Irukandji jellyfish, the team's name and mascot, stinging out the opposition to claim victory. Now, the phrase bring the sting is now catching on with our Aussies in the Olympic surfing comp. Where did it come from? Well, step in the boys from the Ain't That Swell podcast, the biggest surfing podcast out there. They posted this on Instagram and the surfers have run with it. <laughs> Plenty of surfing fans sending in their stings. Hey, our first uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I ASB are going to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far out their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the lip. Drop down. Say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that's the paper thing? Oh, surf looks good, Ivan. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back. <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Piece award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. And I'm joined here from Smibby. a very, you forgot very... Your name. You forgot your name, Smibby. We're too pumped up, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think straight... It's a very emotional episode. It's a bronze rush. I'm joined here by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World Magazine, Tracks Magazine, Waves Magazine, Vaughn. We've just been blessed by Olympic royalty. Oh, Smitty. I'll tell you what, mate. It is raining alloy up in here, man. It's our Eric Kanji's. Ow. Ow. Eric Kanji's, Smitty. The tan-coloured glory disc draped around the unusually long neck of Owen Wright. We did it, mate. We brought home the bronze. A win for Owens. A win for all of us. A win for the nation. I don't usually go in on nationalism, but today I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself go in. <laughs> well, mate, all this time, all this time, what, what have I learned? What have I taken away from this historic bronze win? And uh, I think it's that all this time I've been focused on gold at the mm. Olympics. And uh, I think... It, I need to suggest here, Smivy, that maybe bronze is a colour more befitting of our national identity. Mm. Uh, it doesn't carry the chest-beating, holier-than-thou pomposity of gold. And it doesn't wield the uppity, looking-down-the-nose, Tiffany and Co. bourgeois wankery of silver. No! Uh, I think it sits on the podium, humble and hard-working. It's a monument, Smivy, to triumph of the self rather than triumph over others. Unless you gave Medina, who, of course, got fucking flogged! Flogged! <laughs> Stung! Couldn't agree more, Vaughn. I mean, what could be more bronze than a bronze dossie? Maybe a, a, a copper, an iron ore medal hanging from, <laughs> from Owen's neck up there on the dais. Well, I would love to. Coal! Coal! Exactly. Aussie coal! Coal! Gina Reinhardt, who backs the Aussie currencies. Go, Gina, you fucking slug! <laughs> but, mate, uh, yeah, look, I, I would like to honour the Australian team, the Irukandjis. I want to uh, honour Owen Wright. 
And I want to honour the spirit of the games by ushering in a new Bronze Age. It's been millennia. It's been millennia since we had one, Smith. A millennia? I mean, Peter Townend, it does look like he's a thousand years old, but I feel like the Bronze Aussies was only the 70s, Vaughn. That's right, it was the 70s, but uh, a new Bronze Era, a Bronze Age is upon us. And just fuck the winning off, mate. Who cares about winning? Who wants to be the first loser? Fuck coming second. We want honest medals. Just metal. Honest metal. Medals. Honest. Get up on that victory dais in your double pluggers and your deck chair. Rip the scab off of King Brown and all your way to the greatest accolade an athlete can achieve, an Olympic bronze medallion. Well played, the big O. Let's hear what he's got to say. What an icon, Australian sporting hero. Bronze Dozzies live once again. Up the Eurocounty. Oh, dog, bring on the Bronze Age. Bring the sting. Bring the sting, the big O. Mate, how you feeling? Mate, I'm feeling on top of the world. I, I'm like, it's a bit surreal, like surfing being in the Olympics on the freaking world stage and finally like kind of being a part of it and then getting a medal, man. I just feel like yeah, it feels amazing. And, and like the biggest thing is like I felt like all of the, you know, the Aussie surfing champions that we have and, and like going into that medal match, man, I was just like, it's all it, it, it all counts right now. I need to bring home a medal, mate. It's it's so unbelievable the froth and the fervor and just the energy that like the Aussie surf team brought to the games. Like I I haven't seen better camaraderie or more sort of team spirit in the spirit of the games. It was a triumph, mate. It was a triumph for surfing, but it was just so good to see the Aussies like. Fucking just bring, just bring the sting, man. <laughs> Mate, you guys sent us this video before it started of, of you guys freaking, like, getting stung by freaking a jellyfish and then stinging at the same time. And it just kind of, like, made us all crack up. And it was right before the games and we had mixed videos coming in from Mick and um, Rabs and... Um, MR, like all the Aussie surf champs, and and then you guys were at the end of it just doing s- 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 like stinging us, <laughs> and we're just like, that's us. I was like, said right there, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace that. That is the claim of all claims. That's our team. Let's start stinging people with our deadly irukandji tentacles. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. To- Talk us through the whole Olympic experience so far, man. We we kind of came over and Jules, Steph and Sal, like, we just were so keen on being here for the Olympics and, like, getting that whole experience. And we just, like, there was an opportunity to go in to walk in the open ceremony and, you know, it was going to get us back home at, like, 2 in the morning or whatever right before the day of comp- – right before comp- competing and we're like, nah, we're here for the whole experience. And we and we went in and went to the Olympic Village and they welcomed us with open arms because we're the kind of the new kids on the block, you know. Yeah. And they just welcomed us right in and, mate, they were stoked to see us and they're getting photos and we were getting photos with them. And, man, that village is something else. It's all the tallest humans in the world, tallest, fittest humans in the world, <laughs> all in one place. <laughs> And, and, mate, like, when you walked into the stadium, obviously no crowds. Was it kind of like walking into uh, Ulladulla Woolies at, like, 11.30 on a Monday night? 
And that, that, that's exactly what it felt like with a couple of the checkout ladies clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a bit more like the Marlin Vaughan with uh, those light shows and whatnot. <laughs> we had, we had, we, 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 it was, what was cool is like all the athletes, because there was so many teams, there was actually so many people there already. And I've never been to a games that had a stadium field. So I didn't know any different. So we had the biggest smiles on our faces and loved every minute of it anyway, um, which is, you know, it, but if you look at it and go, yeah, how many people that, yeah, there was the whole stadium was empty <laughs> bar the athletes. And what's it been like mixing with the other athletes? Uh, I mean, who are some of the, the big names you've rubbed shoulders with and uh, gotten to know in the course of the games? Well, yeah, we, we got to go in and, and kind of meet everyone and I, Man, it was an absolute like blast of a time, and we I got to chat with uh, Kate Campbell, um, which she's already won a won a gold in the relay. Um, wow! There was a bunch of other bunch of other swimmers. Like um, we got the the beach volleyball teams um, and the boxers. Um, our boxing team is like a bunch. Of, bunch of young blokes and they're man they're, they're a funny bunch eh? um <laughs> that, that were cool has and yeah we've just been messaging each other on instagram and, and and we just felt that like same like camaraderie that we have amongst the eerie countries we have that with the oz olympic team too and we really felt a part of that and that we've been messaging each, messaging each other all week like cheering each other on and getting each other pumped up to yeah dominate and also yeah, we the whole tennis team as well. They're legends. The chicks, Sam Stoza, um, John Pierce. Like, yeah, it was really cool to kind of connect with those guys, and you know, especially John Pierce. Like, he's he's away from his family and kids as well, and and, and kind of hearing the complications of you know traveling around the world at the moment. So it's um, it was cool to connect on that level with all the Aussies. And, and what about? So much was made of, um, you know, surfing's Olympic debut in the Olympics, mate, and there was so much cynicism and negativity and a lot of, like, talk about usual shit from whingers, I suppose. Uh, you know, too corpo, too reptilian. Uh, the surf's going to be garbage at that time of year. I mean, if there was something to pull apart, the fucking surf, you know, cynics were there to fucking rip, rip it to shreds. But once the game started... It was undeniable, man. It was just so fucking absorbing and uh, the, the passion of each individual surfing for their country was something that I felt like we haven't really seen in pro surfing because we don't really get a whole lot of that surfing for your country first mentality. It's always sort of the individual and what they're capable of. Did you feel it like right from the first heat that there was something different in the air? Mate, it was absolutely infectious. Hey, like you put, you summed it up perfectly. Like I read all the, I read everything coming into the, the Olympic games of, you know, the surf community kind of been a bit, you know, on the fence with it all and um man that was completely silenced after the first round i reckon every surfer turned up with the same passion to compete for their country uh, like we've never seen it before in our individual like world tour like we, we just don't have it and and each team crowded around each one of their athletes and and man the, the vibe in the comp area even though we don't have spectators was just intense like every surfer was putting their absolute heart on their sleeve for their country. And it was just so awesome to see, mate, and be a part of that too. Like, you know, I guess as, you know, you read some of those things about, you know, the 
oh, does it belong in the Olympics and things like that. And I think this week it showed that surfing just stamped its name, man. Like we, all the surfers, I'm so proud of them all, the a whole Aussie team. Like we, we, we left it all out there for, for the world to see. Pretty, pretty happy about that. Fucking hope you did. Oh, yeah, but snap. Hey, uh, oh, can you talk us through the big heats, man? Because like you said, man, nothing was left in the tank. There was so much emotion and passion. Um, the Idolo semi-final. How, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the footage by now from that, uh, from that heat. What, did you, what was your read on it? Yeah, so I'll start from the start, man. That, that first heat was like it, every surfer felt like the weight of like just being in the Olympics for the first time. And I came in and I, I was just tearing up, just going, on, like, I'm an Olympian. Wow. <laughs> Finally, I put a rap shirt on. It took that long to get here because of the build-up and pushing back. And we had to pass, I don't know how many bloody COVID tests to get there. <laughs> and, um, man, it just felt like it was never going to happen. So that was like that whole emotional of the first round. And then um, and then what, then I sunk, sunk into it a bit and I found, found some good form. But... Man, we, we kind of took the approach of, like, embodying the Kanjis, man, and, and just, like, the second we got scores, we'd just be smothering the other, the other, the other opponent and yes. just, like, wrapping them up wrapping with tentacles. Them with your was... poisonous tentacles, sucking the life out of them. <laughs> man, we were sucking the life out of them the second we got scores. And that bead, that was what exactly what we paddled out. Bead was like, mate, get your scores, suck the life out of them, wrap them up in your tentacles, don't let them move. And it was just like... <laughs> Like, Bede embodied, like, Australia's spirit and the Irukanji team. And, man, that that was, like, the highlight of every heat. Like, just our prep talks before, it was just all about what, like, what can we take out of the Irukanji and what can we go out there and do like that in our heats. And, um, I mean, that, then I come up to that heat with uh, Italo and, man, it was just, like, it was just back and forth and, Man, I, I I was would have loved to have gone through that heat, but um, man, I just was doing my absolute best, and you know the conditions are super tough, and um, is what it is there. But man, I I just felt like I still left it all out there in that heat, um, and yeah, then I, I I brushed it off like it's a it was a hard loss to take, but it was. I just brushed it off straight away. Like, I just still felt deadly as, and my tentacles had plenty of sting left in them. So I, I went into the next round fired up more than ever. Mate, um, I think that the, the takeaway for me with the bronze medal matchup was that was that was kind of like what – I guess it was the example of the Olympic surfing triumph in my books because you paddled out against Gabe and both you guys surfed like it was a gold medal heat. And there was just that much passion. And I was like, fuck, I don't remember. I was with um, Mick, actually. We were watching it up at his joint. And I was going, I can't remember being this pumped on a third place finish in my life. Like, it was just, it meant the world. And um, can you just describe that feeling, you know, as, as uh, Gabe gets caught on the inside, can't get back in a position, and you're out the back and the hooter goes? Mate, I'm telling you, before we went out to that heat, he put all his stuff over onto my locker and Kingy was there coaching and they were making heaps of noise and it was like I was standing right behind him, like I'm talking an inch behind him, like I'm not giving this guy any space. Like we were so fired up going into that match, man. Like 
and it felt like it like I actually spoke to one of the tennis players, Alan Perez, before before, and she said the 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 hardest match and the most intense match is the bronze medal match because you're either getting a medal or you're forgotten about. Wow. And it's and it's like. And that is what she said before the games. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be in that match. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm in that match. And I was like, oh, I'm not leaving here without that. And we got out there and the, it was so intense, man. It, the whole heat, like the waves were intense. We were like putting it all out there. And then it was coming down to the end of it, like a few minutes left. And he was stuck on the inside. I was paddling into the freaking shore break, like trying to like not, not let him move, wrap him up. And then it was like this this wave, tiny little wave, 20 seconds to go came. And if I hadn't paddled in and wrapped him up in my tentacle, he would have got that wave and launched this, launched a crazy air. Probably stuck it. Like, it's just like those are the moments like where, where it kind of like, it just kind of all the hard work and all the like focus that we had on that heat, like I was not going to let it let up on him. Having that, having that little wave come just showed that how how much you have to pay attention in heats like that, especially against Gabby. Like me, as you know, he's a two-time world champion. I'm not anything like that, <laughs> and it just felt like it was a, I was in that Aussie underdog position, and I just utilized everything the best I could to to get that win and get that medal for the country, man. Like I I really felt like all of Australia behind us and all of like Mick and those guys watching us and really pulling for us in that, that heat. It, it was a really surreal feeling once once we got it. Oh, goosebumps, though. Goosebumps, mate. Hey, it's true. It's true. You brought so much joy to so many people, and we were in that underdog position, which has been a, you know, a foreign place to be for Australian surfing, but we're well and truly there. And, mate, to see you, to see you come good and, and get a medal – for us at the Olympics, I tell you, it was pretty emotional for everyone watching. It brought a lot of fucking joy to the Australian surfing community. A big <laughs> to you. Hey, mate. Um, we've spoke of the the triumph, and uh, we won't keep you too much longer. But but we've got to talk about the heartbreak. I mean, um, Sally Fitz. We all know how much it meant to her. How hard was that watching her come up the beach? She fell into into Steph's arms, I think it was, and. You know, those two have had a, a fairly strained relationship at times over their career. How important was it for, for Sal to sort of, you know, have Steph there to meet her on the beach and all you guys around her? Because that was, that was fucking crippling, mate. Mate, it was, I'm, you know, welling up thinking about it. It was just, we know her dream, her lifelong dream, and it was just heartbreaking. Like, but you saw how much it meant you know, and the, the heartbreak she had from that, man. It was, it's hard to talk about because it's so, you know, oh, just how much that meant. And, and it did to every surfer, but Sal in particular, she has made so many sacrifices for that moment. And and that's the Olympics, man. It, 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 it can really, really destroy like that. And the one thing that we kind of all carried in there this week is that us at us as a team will be there for each other no matter what the outcome, you know. With Jules, he came in. Man, we were, we were cheering him. He left it all out, mate. He, he got that wave at the end and he tore the bag out of it, did the hugest rotator into the flats, stuck it. Like, he did everything he could. But Sal, man, that was just heartbreaking. To see, to see Steph give her a big hug and kind of like, 
we're treating each other like brothers and sisters. Like I was running out for my medal match with with Julian next to me. Like he's giving me a pep talk before I'm running out. He's running out right beside me, running the whole beach with me. Like you just don't see that in the WSL, and and you see these moments that really mean a lot to to our. Aussie team camaraderie. It was it was really special, and even though Sal went through that heartbreak, we were all there for her. You know, like we really were, and and um, she's doing really well. She she later that night we had an epic night, like because I feel like going out into that medal match, I had Sal's heartbreak with her with with me. I had that, and I had the Aussie team. I felt like I had. All the past greats of surfing, you know, surfing in Australia, we were in the underdog position. We were up against it all. And I just felt like that medal coming back, it even like, you know, Sal greeted me at the water's edge. She was wading out with her knees, greeting me. So, makes me cry. She's a beauty, man. She's an Aussie legend. <laughs> Fucking earth. Iconic. And oh, man, standing on the dais. Getting the bronze, what was it like? Talk us through it. What a moment. Mate, yeah, well, that's the moment for me. Like, I, I've never felt this before, but I felt my – I felt, I swear I felt my soul detached from my body as the Australian flag rose. I felt like all of Australia was right there, and I just was – yeah, I just felt like I was floating on the cloud, man. It was a special moment. And like we say, it's a bronze medal, but it felt like a massive victory, like – for all of Australia, for me, uh, it, that's what it felt like in the Australia team. Like, Bede, Kate Scarrett, Patchy, man, we we just, like, the amount of work we did, like, it was just, that that was a real special moment for the whole Australia team. To have Australia have its flag risen in the pinnacle of the Olympics for surfing, which is, we love surfing, man, and we have so many past champions, we would... It was a proud moment for the whole team Fuck, right there. mate. Because imagine if we didn't get a medal. It just wouldn't have been right. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, after what we've oh, achieved I'm, in this I'm sport. Oh, it's wrong. It's wrong if we didn't if we didn't have that flag raise on that final day. Man, uh, that's what I felt when I was paddling out. Oh, I knew how much this – like, I, I felt all of that, but I, I just embraced it all and was like, I have to balls to the wall this heat. Like, I cannot let up. Fucking yes! <laughs> oh, uh, mate, on behalf of all the Swillians, of everyone in Australia, we are just so pumped on uh, your your performance, what you achieved over there, but the Irukandji surf team in general as well, mate, and everyone at Surfing Australia and, and, you know, the entire team, as you say, who backed you guys, you know, from the, the very first inclusion right through the whole qualification process, all the way through the games. What a journey, mate. And uh, far out, dude. You just did us so proud. And I think that at the end of the day, the Irukandjis, like I said at the start, they brought fun. You guys looked like a fucking family who were having the best time ever together. And that encapsulates what fucking sport is all about. And, you know, surfing. And Aussie surf culture. Yeah, but surfing doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be fucking sport or a lifestyle it can be a bit of both and we're fucking proud of the surfing and the competitive side of australian surfing but doing it in the right spirit like you guys did hats off mate
Up there at Kanji, you, boy, you boys absolutely made it. We loved it. We loved the support coming in, man. It was incredible. When we seen you boys on that video clip doing that sting and do, doing the, the jellyfish movements, man, we were in stitches and we were like, that's us. This is Aussie surfing. We want to bring that. We want to show who we are. And, man, we we had the greatest time, seriously. We were seriously like the biggest happy family down the beach celebrating everything, mate. It was the greatest. And hats off to Australian surfing right there. And I hope we I, I hope there's a lot of little kids out there watching going, Yes, I want to be in Team Australia. I want to be in Irukandji one day. Bring the sting. Bring the sting. Bring the sting. Smithy, oh, how is your guts? Are they churning with yogurt? Yes, they are. A potent mix of caffeinated probiotic bacteria swirling in a poo-brown mixture of bronze vaughn. What a moment. It's uh, The hairs are standing up. On the back of my neck, on the back of my knees, on the back of my gooch. <laughs> oh, Smithy, I, I just cannot believe what a triumph the games have been. Like, surfing's induction into this thing, fuck, it, it just battled. It battled from the moment Fernando Aguirre and... The flamboyant uh, Panamanian or El Salvadorian. It was just met with so much opposition and uh, so much cynicism and so much negativity. And it just just showcased the best of what sport is, man. And look, I'm not fucking one to say that, you know, uh, we judge surfing on the results of the WSL or the best surfer in the world is, is the Olympic gold medalist or the guy who, who wins the world title. Because clearly there's been times throughout history where that's not even slightly true. But, you know, the competitive side of surfing, it just it, it only needs to be what you want it to be. It, it doesn't mm. influence or infiltrate your life in any other way than or, or in any other sort of measure than what you allow. Mm. So the the anger and the cynicism, it just f- to me it doesn't really make sense in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? No. Like the, oh, the people absolutely. who fucking hate pro surfing the most are the are the loudest people when someone gets a fucking six instead of an eight. You mm. know what I mean? They're the ones that, who are fucking pissed off all the time. The people who hate pro surfing the most are usually failed pro surfers. Am I not wrong? You fucking bang on. I mean, uh, but, but you know, like that, you don't have. To, to weigh one up against the other. Just just let it be what it is. And, and at the end of the day, man, most sport, you're like, yes, it gets political as everything does. Mm. Yes, it gets fucking sold out as everything does. And yes, it has an influence on the culture that, you know, is fucking pretty fucking bitter and sour to a lot of people. But sport in your local community is something that brings people together. It, it gets kids outside and, and gets them active and there's a lot of fucking really positive, fantastic, just, uh, what is it? It's like a community, community mm, around community, sport, mate. camaraderie, I mean, you've nationalism, of- world wars, where does it stop? <laughs> but you have played footy your whole life. You know what those local footy teams can do to a local community. That's especially right, the when team, the, the sense of community that you get from team sport is something that surfing doesn't tend to have and it's a real loss, you know, it's a, mm. a loss of experience. It's one of the, the great things you can be a part of as a grom growing up is being locked in with your brothers and sisters and, you know, your way to victory and, you know, <laughs> this is what it's all about, that brotherhood, that sisterhood. 
Mate, you don't lose those friends your whole life. They're, no. they're with you. You know, those memories are locked in. Um, and I mean, in terms of it blowing surfing out, look, if there was uh, a worse advertisement for surfing, I couldn't think of it, uh, then I couldn't think of anything better than surfing in a radioactive Fukushima beach break <laughs> in Japan and that kind of shit. I can't see uh, people rushing to take up surfing after uh, washing that. I think uh, I had a look at the Kanari Garashi and his hair's turned blue and most of it's fallen out. He's <laughs> looking like a major cat. He's sick. He's vomiting up fur balls. But he's uh, got the silver and that's what matters, Vaughn. It does. It matters a lot. And uh, yeah, just, uh, but yeah, just getting back to that community thing, I, I just feel like that, that team spirit and, and uh, you know, that Owen was just talking about where the, the, the national sort of, uh, you know, doing it for your country, not just for yourself, not just for your next contract, not just for the glory of, uh, you know, reaching your own goals, but, but sort of surfing for something bigger. Uh, it just was fucking impossible not to get on board with. Mm. I was frothing, mate. And right from the word go, even in this really, really dire surf, I, I was still finding myself, you know, cheering on Peru against America and cheering mm. on Chile against, uh, you know, fucking... Yeah, it's because you're a good on a socialist, Vaughn. You want to see those capitalist swine perish in their own vat of bile and cocaine oh. and bourgeois parasitism. It was fantastic. I, I, um, I just think, you know, as we said, amazing. And you could hear the emotion. You know, Owen's crying in that uh, interview for Sally because that's he's tapped into what it means to her mm. and it's just... Man, you gotta have a fucking you gotta you gotta be sucking on wheelbarrows full of lemons if you can't get on board. He took that vicarious trauma and he converted it into bronze. Bronze, mate. A bronze rush. Oh, just that, <laughs> that beautiful you know, beige. Just, it just doesn't stand doesn't put its head above the crowd, does it? It just sits back and just goes, Yeah, I participated. I had a crack. I done good. Suits us to a T, Vaughan. Suits us to a T. I mean, traditionally, uh, a bronze rush has been something that has occurred after a a bad satay camping or nazi goring in the archipelago. But not today, Vaughan. This is a bronze rush that feels well at home in my tummy, Vaughan, in my pants. It's it's the bronze rush that just belongs. And and what about, Spiv, like the sting, the jellyfish Mm. dance? Bring the sting. It it, it, uh, it basically sort of, it became part of our... uh, Cultural identity almost mm. instantly, and uh, yeah, up there with uh, Greg Inglis's Goanna oh, try scoring uh, claim, and mm. also uh, Oki on on Dancing with the Stars. I, th- mm. I think it's uh, sort of up on that level now as I part agree, of a, yeah. a cultural contribution. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just hilarious, mate. Mm. Could you believe it? Oh, there's just nothing feels just more you know from the heart than a good fucking venomous. Tsst, at the screen when Medina's choking on his own bile. Cop it, Medina. <laughs> swell. Swell with your poisonous glands. Fail. Yeah, well, mainstream coverage, right? That's well. Who'd have thunk, eh? Nah. Who'd have thunk? From the warped annals of our cone-ravaged brains, Vaughan, <laughs> comes yet another iconic cultural contribution. U.S. presidential elections. Olympics. What's next for the Swellians? <laughs> Oh, well, there's plenty to talk about there because we've got uh, the WSL finals are coming up, mate. Let's see how we can infiltrate them. But uh, should we get into the finger buns? The Olympic special, the bronze medal special finger buns. Finger buns are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns, feed your face in your finger buns. 
Sal, our Sal, valiant in defeat, pipped by Suzuki, the Japanese female competitor in the quarters. And, uh, I mean, we've covered Sal in detail, but what a story it was for the young Japanese competitor, the first ever Japanese woman to make the CT, surfing at the very beach she grew up on, Vaughan, and putting on a clinic, frankly. No arguments there from Smivi. Uh, she was on the better waves, and she capitalised corn. Uh, I have a very distinct image of her rolling into this, you know, just juicy overhead shorey section. Burying a big bottom turn and just gaffing it out of the top. Uh, and that ultimately got her the nod. And, uh, I mean, if you think Suzuki is good, wait till you see her younger sister Vaughn, Red Mitsubishi. I mean, uh, similar style, but just more energy. I mean, lots more. <laughs> no, Amuro doing uh, very well. Uh, I actually was in Taiwan when she won the World Junior title. Uh, just couple of years ago, I think, and uh, she actually won the QS as well, uh, which which put her in the position to qualify for the CT on the back of Carissa taking a year off. Uh, but when Carissa came back, it looks like, you know, uh, after the COVID scare, mm. pro surfing didn't exist for a year. Uh, you know, Amuro got the bad news. Oh, Carissa's had a year off. Sorry, you're out. But uh, through injury wild cards and whatnot, she got a start. So a huge result, though, for Japan, wasn't it? Like, oh. Kanoa in the semis. Uh, Amuro getting a bronze medal. Uh, sorry, uh, Kanoa getting a silver medal. And uh, a country that is basically the, the Japanese typhoon is what it's going to be christened, surely. Mm, mm, I mean, mm. uh, we, we've got the Brazilian storm, the Japanese typhoon. Mm, erratic, and- short lived, uh, <laughs> just a, a wind quick- blown, <laughs> junky. Exactly. I like it. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I mean, what's next? What nation will next be uh, bringing some sort of uh, metaphorical fucking weather pattern into their team push <laughs> to global fucking recognition? Who will it be? A Peruvian blizzard, perhaps, Vaughn? <laughs> Is that on the cards? Perfect. Yeah, why not? Sofia Milanovic back in the game. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, that's so good. But, um, mate, just getting back to our Sal. Oh, It's hard to watch. One thing, heartbreak, it shows no mercy, Smithy. Uh, Sal, I feel like she'd suffer less heartbreak if she just ripped her fucking the beating muscle out from her ribcage, put it on the cobblestone streets of Pamplona and just let a thousand angry bulls stampede it into the fucking ancient <laughs> streets there. It's just so fucking hard. To watch Sally mm. lose. Isn't Can't it? cop it, especially the Olympic one. I mean, I just, I kind of didn't go into the Olympics thinking anything less than a medal. For nah, Sally. it was a boil over. I mean, she got done. Oh, I guess she got done by the local girl at her local beach break. You, you can never underestimate what that means to surf in your, in your hometown. Can you imagine, Vaughn, what it would have felt like for Suzuki? And She just read it. You know, the conditions were fun. They looked, you know, we had like a, a two-meter swell, 10-second mm. periods, uh, heaps of wind and chop and shit. But far out, those rolling shoreys, um, you know, it was probably the kinds of surf Suzuki would have surfed them thousand times mm. in her life and she read it like a book she and, did uh, you know Sal looked sharp she uh, she looked focused she surfed incredibly well but she just got done by a Japanese juggernaut on an absolute heater mm. so no shame yeah true mate and uh, I don't know I just you know like Sal's uh, in really good she's in a really good position to have a run at this world title and if the surf gods exist and I'm starting to think they don't because mm. you know it just surely Sally you know with everything she's achieved with uh, the the dedication, with the clean living, with the the role model, uh, good example that she's set for for surfing for so so long. 
if they, if the surf gods exist, there has to be a run at this title at Trestles. It's got to be. Come on. Come on, Sal. We're with you. But um, I don't think you could have a more grateful or appreciative Olympian. And I think she really, you know, along with Bede, spearheaded that Irukandji spirit. And, um, mm. you know, it was a wonderful thing, as we said uh, earlier, you know, to see Steph, the first person uh, on the beach, you know, Sal collapsed into her arms. And they've had a tense, tense, tense uh, rivalry over the years, mate. And mm. it hasn't always been... You know, easy going between the two of them. And I think that that moment just showcased the best of sport. It showcased what a champion Steph is and where her heart is in terms of what's important to her. She was, you know, she wasn't sort of sitting there going, oh, well, there's no medal. She was down there just to, to make sure that, that Sal had that, you know, just heartbeat mm. close to her because hers had uh, well and truly shut down and shriveled up and. Mm. Basically become prune-like Yeah, maybe she got uh, one of the tentacles wrapped around her own neck, Vaughn Hard to say, Smithy, but uh, gosh, let's just hope Sal can pull it out at the end of the year Oh, Steph Gilmore, the golden girl uh, I mean, we had high hopes for her But she just seemed to be lacking a bit of spark for mine, Vaughn uh, Maybe it was the... The, the junky kind of subpar conditions uh, might be too much Kidman and not enough Kingy. <laughs> no, I don't know, but she, I mean, she did look resplendent in her Olympic uh, kind of short, John. So mm. big points on Steve's. I mean, and, and there was moments, there was moments, but uh, we wanted gold, didn't we, Vaughn? We did. Uh, I felt, though, that Steph just – look, I, this is just complete speculation, Smithy, because uh, I, I'm – I th- you know, there's no doubting the team atmosphere that the Irukandji's built over there. But to me, she did look a little out of place. And, and you just touched on it then. Like, too much Kidman, not enough Kingy. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, she's caught between being the almighty priestess of style and soul and uh, the all, unatt- uh, you know, all that is unattainable about what makes great surfers and great surfing sort of elevate above competition. She she encapsulates all mm. of that. Uh Mind you, she has seven world titles and she is the she-goat. Mm. But, um, yeah, pulling on a rashy to surf one-footers, it's always a bit of a struggle for her. And uh, it was it was the only time I actually felt like the Olympics wasn't going to work was watching Steph's heats because you're just like, this is actually beneath Steph, pulling on a rashy to surf one-foot wins slop. Mm. You know, and... Um, it's not know. really... the. You know, conditions befitting the all-time style icon she-goat, is it, Vaughn? No, and it's not. And uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, I can live with the fact that the Olympics is beneath Steph. Mm. You know, for, for all of us, for all that we tapped into, that's great. But, you know, she's a spiritual being, mate. She, she uh, surfs on an ethereal level. She, she mm. takes us to another plane of, uh, of, of uh, experiencing surfing. And, um, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind that she got knocked out and, and her status will not suffer one bit. No, that's right. I don't think she has any particular affinity for ill-gotten metals from some South African mine. <laughs> I mean, we don't know where that gold or bronze is coming from, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it really... I don't know if it would fit with her, her throat and chest chakra mm. dangling around her neck. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I might throw her out of whack. Mm. might just mess with her frequency. might do more harm than good, Vaughn. Mm. Mm. So, but uh, what, what do you think, Spivy? Like the, the Olympics being beneath—it's not beneath many people. A lot of people hold it up there, but it's—it's it's certainly beneath Stephanie Gilmore at this stage of her career in life, isn't it? Oh, I think so. I mean, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. I guess 
it's an accolade of sorts, but, um, you know, if you got to stoop so low as to get that, I just don't think it's really in her wheelhouse. No, mm. I think you're right. Jeez, it was a big Olympics for Japan. Uh, Kanoe Garashi, the clutch win over Medina mm. uh, in the semis was one of the great boil overs in pro surfing history. I mean, uh, up against Medina in an ocean full of right ramps, straight into an air wind. Medina had uh, two high sevens by, you know, five minutes into the heat. And he looked unbeatable. And, I, you know, I was actually calling the action with Gurr at the time mm. on our uh, couch commentary uh, between Lung and a couple of hot ones. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it struck me as just an unwinnable heat for Igarashi. I just thought, you know, he's got no hope here. Uh, this is a, a wave park for Medina. But didn't see it coming. Uh, he he kind, of, kind of ground his way back into the contest. Uh, you know, we've kind of premier wave selection uh, in a similar fashion to... Uh, Suzuki kind of found a big rolling shore mm. with a big, juicy uh, kind of bowl, stuck a nice finner with a closeout hit. And then the raison d'etre, the piece de resistance on mm. a mm. clutch, full rotation air reverse, as good as you'll see in a contest jersey. Nice little frontside grab. Uh, and just, I don't know, this is the final minutes of the, ex- the heat and needed a, you know, an eight or a nine. Mm. Gets the nod over the cyborg Medina. Just unbelievable yeah. scenes. You, you can count on two or two fingers how many times you've seen Medina rattled. And uh, I think, you know, the first being the pie final with Italo, uh, the one that he lost, you know, sort of you could just see the, the paint starting to peel uh, with, with three minutes to go after he copped a pretty heavy beating. And uh, as soon as Canola, that score, got read out, Medina's entire... Uh, just energy in the lineup changed, didn't it? He looked frantic all of a sudden, which you just don't see. Uh, Kalanen's put the wind up, Medina, a few times. Mm, but mm. but there's always that element of just iciness to him. But with that one, it felt like uh, it was going to be hard for him to pull it back. I felt like there was a, a panic set in. And uh, a little Achilles heel there for the rest of the surfers moving into trestles. Because you can get him. If he, 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 but I think the big mistake was... It just felt like it was all going his way and it was all coming too easy. Mm. And, and, and he lost that tiny little bit of Medina ruthlessness. All year, he's actually been looking like he's been having more fun than previous years on tour. Mm. But every time he gets defeated, he bounces back. And uh, that didn't happen mm. in this Olympic mm. campaign. We actually had uh, Kanoe Garashi's coach pop in on the couch commentary and he made a good point. Uh, he, he, he you know asked the question... How long are we going to keep throwing eights and nines at these kind of backside air reverses uh, that Italo and Medina have got on lock? Um, you know, they can basically get a shitty uh, closeout, fucking super average looking ramp and still stomp a full rotation backside air reverse. At times, it kind of enters that cheese whiz, uh, chop hop variety of maneuver. Um, and even the good ones. There's a certain uh, roboticness to them where I don't know if they're gaming the judges a touch here, but it's hard to say because we don't have any other surfers who are able to pull them off with the consistency that mm. Italo and Medina um, are. But that said, I mean, comparing a, a kind of uh, uh, a full rotation reverse that you've seen a million times over against, uh, you know, clinical rail surfing, uh, stylish, pure rail surfing of the likes of Owen Wright. I mean, you're comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, you know, who's to say which is better? 
being in this, uh, an, with my nationalistic Australian cap on for the moment, well, it's fucking rail surfing all day. <laughs> Mate, uh, uh, Fanny made a similar point, uh, you know, that, that Italo's uh, just, you know, 17 waves in a heat, um, you know, uh, 15 airs and, uh, you know, maybe eight makes in the eight, point, eight to mm. ten point region. It's... It doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. You, you see it coming from a mile away. And um, Italo has the talent, obviously, to grind out on-the-face scores. Uh, his, his release when he hits the lip is almost without peer. Mm. You know, like he can accelerate out of just a frontside – or sorry, backside Rio in particular where he gets that little tail squirt and drives out of it like with so much speed. Um, so he can get it done. But throwing Gabby in on top of that, narrative of uh how how long are we going to score these things like gabby brings it all mate he he's he's on another level like i i don't i don't see gabby just taking off on waves and, and going for airs over and over and over again he puts together no. flawless heats and but, he's made but it is their secret weapon up. when they're up against it uh and they don't have priority uh you know these guys are getting sevens and eights for inside mm. two foot closeouts uh you know i feel like on smaller waves when there's not the risk you're hitting the section, fucking dock them, mate. Oh, dock no, him. no. Look, I've been but a when vocal when critic. When they're big, big sections mm. and they're hitting them and they're staying hit and they're risking their, you know, anterior cruciate ligaments, medial ligaments, they're, you know, risking all kinds of ligaments, Vaughn. Mm. Um, you know, th- sure, throw, throw the money at them. Throw yeah. that wad of cash in their face and just say, pay the man the money because you <laughs> earned it. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think that uh, it, it is going to go out of style soon, and mm. and it's it's all they're going to ask much more from the uh, surfers, you know. Uh, and, and it's sort of started to happen. Like the, the Italo no make at Narrabeen was such a big talking point, mm. but they're, they're mm. saying like either stomp that shit or fucking we're not interested. And mm. I, I will stomp you. I, I'm thinking of the the gay bears yep, dungeon in the Aussie leg, mate. They, like there was that one at Newey. It was fucking ludicrous. It was it was. It was had so much hang time. It was so big. It was on an out the back set wave, you know, first wave of his of his semi against Morgs or quarter or whatever it was. And uh, then you know the the other ones, the one the backside rotator at Narrabeen on a real dumpy aggro little right hander. Mm. Fuck, dude, they're spectacular. Like they're so good to the, watch the, in the, the flesh, and even yeah. on the broadcast, they really get you going. I mean, the big ones. Yeah. I, I'm all for them as a, as a maneuver. I just don't know whether. They're the equivalent of uh, these other varieties of no. surfing. Uh, well, well, this is going to be interesting coming into the WSL finals because the the right hander uh, at at trestles demands good surfing. Mm. Well, it's actually a long peeling wall with a uh, you know a couple of you, we've seen Kelly Slater get scores there just doing floaters for sixty miles. You know, mm. he's just like takes off. Does two big bangs and then just, you know, gets all that speed and just fangs through that inside bit. I've seen him do floaters where he's literally talking to the crowd. <laughs> he's, he's making conversation with celebrities yeah. in the top rung of the auditorium while he's on the float. He's, he's tuning Pammy while he's rock and roll floatering. Well, it opens the door for a bit more rail. But the question is, you know, like that, that brings Felipe into this conversation uh, of, you know, what are they going to score? Because Italo can go left and right all day long and chuck these big, you know, hangers. But there's going to be a whole lot more wave. It's not just going to be closeouts. We mm. know that for a fact. Mm. And what about Barrett de la Cruz? I mean, this is a wave. It, when it's good, it's kind of square. It, it, it's it's barreling. It's rippable. But it's not that kind of soft, easy to hit coping. Mm. It's it's a nugget. Yes. And uh, I this, mean, 
This next two comps is going to be really interesting because we know that Italo and Gabe have game in the barrels, but the, the Barry de la Cruz result, it could throw a spanner in the works. And I think we, we spoke about it last episode, Smith, but your, your Ethan's, your Kanoa's on the back of this silver. Mm, uh, your Griffins. Your Griffins. Like, th- there's going to be a lot of movement around that tail end of the five. And um, I'm just fucking just want to see Morgs match the power because there's one thing about Morgan surfing. He will crack it. He will crack it. He will give it a crack, Smith. And he will go at that lip no matter how chunky it is. So oh, he gives it. Oh, he's giving it a crack. Gold, gold, gold for the Battler King from Baia Formosa. Italo Ferreira, fucking iconic performance. Uh, exactly what we've come to expect. That opening closeout belt in the final, Vaughn. Mm. Talk to me. Thing was six foot chop and bump all over the place. Ah. And he just threw the kitchen sink at it. Snapped his board on the landing. I mean... I guess the, the benchmark for committed floaters, you think of Danny Wills, 1997 G-Land. G-Land. You think of Adriano D'Souza in whatever that Brazilian comp was. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this... Nicky Wood, the Lacanau landings back in the 90s. Two big knee busters right onto the sand with eight-foot French shore breaks. Oh, I mean, just the, the commitment and the risk in a manoeuvre like that. Mm. Uh, I mean, this guy, I feel like he's, uh, you know, he's risking ending up in a wheelchair like some kind of Vietnam War veteran, <laughs> you know, amputated from below the knee, Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely... Uh, Radical. It, it's the difference between the, the top five and everyone else. They see a section, they just want to clobber the fuck out of it. It's the, no, no thought the, of self-preservation. And, and no building. You know what I mean? Like that's that's another thing. You don't see these guys come out and start to sort of build something. Like you, they just come out and just go at it. And uh, you got to get behind it, don't you? You got to get behind it's it. It's just fucking so committed. You can't. It's undeniable. People who have been upset or, or sorry, surprised by Morgs's, uh, you know, success this year, don't understand that he does exactly that. Mm. He takes off on his first wave. And in his brain, he's going, I want to attack the fuck out of this. I want to, I want to leave it bleeding on the ground. Mm, and when it's there and mm. it's taken its last breath, I want to put the heel of my foot on its neck and just go, <laughs> and just snap it. You know, John Van Damme, Van Damme style. <laughs> he just wants to, he wants to leave it dead. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way that uh, strategy has, has been built over the past, uh, you know, I don't know, 15 years, I guess, since the professional era. Build really the house, for, lay the foundation, tic-tac, yeah. couple of bricks here and there. Don't forget to put the mortar between the bricks mm. and then uh, get your little Gentle trowel out. Easy, does it? Pity yep. pat, pity pat, pity pat, make it all flat. Not in Brazil. They're just throwing mud bricks at the wall <laughs> from the get-go. Slap a bit of tin ah. here, a bit of wood there. They're building favela shacks. But they're building mansions out of those shacks, Vaughn. Yeah, they are. And I I just think that that's the secret. And that's uh, Italo's intent. Intent is everything, Smivy. Bring it. We're not here. We're not here to bloody tippy-tap and pity-pat and nibble on the weeds and go back over and nibble on something. Mm. Just want to take it and grab it and own it and destroy it. But how good was it to see him take out gold? I mean, for me, like, as, as good as it would have been to see Owen get the gold, um, you know, I couldn't think of a, a more fitting uh, surfer. Yeah, but it does belong to Italo. He's the battler king. Yeah. Uh, and there's just so much grit. I don't think I've ever seen this much grit in professional surfing before. I mean, this guy has surfed his way out of poverty. He surfed his family's way out of poverty. He surfed his friend's way out of poverty. And, uh, you know, just the, the sheer outpouring of emotion 
in the shore break. Yeah. I mean, he just faced the ocean. Thanked God for uh, the first 15 minutes. Mm. The, the very same surf god that doesn't exist in Sally Fitzgibbon's life. No. Exactly the same surf god. But, yeah, mate, no, I, I, he's, the, he's the funnest world champ like we've ever had. I, I can't think of a single uh, surfer who, who has just basically just tapped into that fucking mana of, of just loving what he does. You know? Tiki gods. But yeah, he's so pumped and, you know, a backflip off the dice, just so Italo. And uh, the showman strikes again, Smithy. And uh, it was just a, an epic thing to watch, man. And it's hard to deny. It, it, you watch it, it it's just I, – I was definitely leaning, even with, uh, you know, Japan being the home, home nation and Canelo being the big star that he, he, he is over there. You I thought they were going to get the rub, Vaughn? You thought Fernando would grease some oh, palms? Oh, no, no, no. A bit of bucksheesh. Nothing like that, mate. I just, uh, I just felt like I was pulling for Italo because I just felt like, you know, it's, it was Gabe or Italo's to win. And uh, Italo, yeah, he just, he just did everything right. He just did it right, mate. Mm. Did it right. And, uh, yeah, he's been posting some pretty sexy shots of himself with that gold medal draped around his neck. Ooh la la. At what point does he become, you know, uh, Brazil's next um, Ricky Martin or uh, – ah. Well, I mean, who else, uh, a, who else is a sex? Yeah, we're God re- we're there. reaching we're reaching that kind of uh, period of history with the stem cells, and mm. you know, uh, uh, in the not too distant future, I do believe we're going to enter some kind of face-off realm where he may indeed mm. be able to replace his uh, head. Well, yeah, put Giselle's head on uh, Italo's body, and oh. here comes round two. Red hot, <laughs> the goat will be torn, Vaughn. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, in, in the women's, of course, Riss, Riss, Carissa Moore winning gold, gold, gold for Hawaii, uh, America, in fact. Vaughan. Yeah, America, uh, the one shining light in an otherwise fairly dismal campaign. John John and uh, Kolohe. John John looked undercooked, didn't he? Oh. He, lo- he, looked, he looked not ready. Uh, mm. He surfed, you know, like with that kind of uh, hints, hints of that genius that he's got. Like there was, there was moments where he looked incredible on his board, but for the most part just didn't have the, the swagger of a guy who's a two-time world champ and should be hitting that event with uh, g- nothing but gold, you know, mm. dreams of gold, uh, gold-plated everything. You know, he just, it just didn't seem to be there for him. Well, and, if, um, if anything's going to test a recently snapped anterior cruciate ligament out. It's fucking seven-second wind slop. You know, it's, trying to juice scores out of that with a bung knee. It's the quickest recovery from that injury I've ever heard of. There's mm. no possible way he could have been right. He did, he did incredibly well, didn't he, like, to just get there. But mm. you're right. Uh, I feel like, you know, he would have been better off if it was eight foot and he was just dropping down and, and getting coned because mm. uh, he, he just – the amount of like you know work you've got to do to generate speed in that sort of surf, you know, gutless wind slop is is so hard on the body, and uh, he just didn't look didn't look ready, didn't look there. And then Kolohe, the most amped he looked was in that heat against John John. That was that was sort of you know oh, he, he started off strong, and then he just couldn't tap that energy of your, of your Michael Phelps and your your Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner's oh. to uh, bring home that Olympic glory for the, for the Americans. Yeah, it's a real shame. I mean, if, if, we can only wonder if you had been on the Phelps program, just a couple of foot-long Hong Kongs, <laughs> just huffing them, Davos style, circa 1994 <laughs> in the dunes there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, he did and he went with the kind of uh, nutritional... 
uh, eggheads there in the American Olympic team, and it didn't pay off, and I'm unsurprised by that point. No, no, there's something, uh, I, I, you know, look, I thought the brother was going to be a medal shot for sure. Uh, I, I kind of always saw uh, Gabe and Italo, as, as, as the entire world did, as the two surfers to beat, but I thought brother might feature in the medal battles, and um, it's just, it's just... Well, it's just lacking. It's, it's white chocolate syndrome. It again. is. It is. I mean, it's it, it's the kind of softness that you expect from a gated San Clemente community, isn't mm, it? I mm. mean, uh, we're talking about you can't bring that white chocolate that cause light energy into a showdown with Italo Freire and Gabriel Medina, a couple of products from the slums mm. of Brazil. Yeah, the, the moonshine. The, the, Favela moonshine. The rock-hard cacao. The Amazonian chocolate versus the gated community soft cock. Oh, mate, it's a, it's a walkover every day. Yeah. The week worn. Yeah, well, disappointment there. But uh, Carissa Moore, she's America's new darling. She's uh, obviously uh, mentioned the Duke in her speech, a three-time gold medalist in three consecutive Olympics oh, uh, wah, in wah, Australia. Wah. Dawn Fraser, uh, uh, I think Andrew Holt, the equestrian rider, and the Australian women's 4 by 100 Swimming relay. They're the only three athletes in history who have done it. The Duke has done it as well. And, and then he represented America in a, a fourth Olympics in the water polo team. So he's a four-time Olympian, three-time gold medalist. Invented surfing, more Invented or less. surfing. And, and, and uh, Carissa, I think he always sort of made mention of the fact that he would love to see surfing in the Olympics and uh, or that it would be there one day. and I believe Carissa, when she was in that heat, she looked up and in the clouds mm. there was a giant Duke head just giving her his blessing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he is the godfather. He is the, he is the surf god. If there is a yeah. surf god, it is the Duke. And the Olympic surf god, what a record. Three gold medals in three Olympics and then turning out for the water polo. I mean, oh, I hazard to guess at the man's jet stream born. <laughs> you can only yes. imagine. Oh, mate. Yeah, well, uh, rumour has it that he could piss from uh, Oahu to Molokai. That's, that's wow. how powerful the Duke's wow. is, I think I believe uh, Israel Kemakwali song over there somewhere over the rainbow was actually a reference to the Duke's jet stream. <gasps> anyway, Riss, uh, mate... She's, uh, she's immortalised now. She's uh, the first surfing Olympic gold medalist and her legacy, uh, you know, just continues to be cast in, uh, yeah, cast in, in gold. Mm. Well earned. Mm. The Big O claims bronze, a great moment for Australian sporting history, Australian surfing history. Oh, Vaughan. It just gets me hot under the collar thinking about it, mate. I think we need bronze statues of Owen Wright put up at every single beach in Australia. Every single one. And what kind of pose would he be in? Uh, would he be holding Medina's uh, decapitated head by the hair? Mm, Something yeah. like that? Yeah, that'd be a nice, that's a nice touch, Smithy. Uh, possibly, uh, what about... Um uh, he made a lot of mention about the uh, the TBIs and the you know that the contribution that that recovery and that recuperation uh, sort of how it enabled him to to reach a new level of understanding not just about his surfing but about his body about his mind about all that sort of thing and he used a lot of the, the people that he met mm. uh, during his rehabilitation as inspiration as well as you know saying wherever you're at in this journey with those um, those head injuries this is where you can get mm. uh, and I think that. Maybe just 
holding a gaff helmet, mate. Yeah, that's Maybe enough. Maybe just Owen in the gaff. Perhaps, Maybe that's all we need. Yeah, perhaps a, some kind of a Greek myth, a nod to Greek mythology. I mean, he's going to enter that kind of echelon mm. uh, of sporting mythology. Maybe a, a half man, half jellyfish somewhere, Vaughn. Oh, there you go. Gaff helmet on, upper body, long, lean, sinewy. Bottom half, tentacles. Irukundji <laughs> tentacles wrapped around Gabriel Medina, squeezing him until his head pops off. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. Uh, I mean, versus Medina, what struck in the, in the bronze medal yeah. uh, match? What struck me about his performance, uh, and this was all, all throughout the event, was the style and the purity of the rail game, Vaughn, despite surfing absolute fucking junk, mm. radioactive pus. Um, I mean, and that was always the hype on Owen coming up through the juniors. I think a lot of people have forgotten just how good this guy was in small waves, Coming up to the juniors, winning ISA world titles. I had some mates competing against him, and that was always the talk was wait till you see this guy in junk. I mean, he has the wingspan of a pterodactyl. Mm. He's uh, seven foot two. And uh, just seeing his his frame coil up and decimate knee-high slop, mm. it's, a, it, it's right up there with David Blaine, with David Copperfield. It's absolute mm. wizardry, Vaughn. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, who, who are the Las Vegas Tiger trainers? What are those guys? Those? Uh, Siegfried Fried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy pre-Tiger incident. Where he got uh, mauled by one of his own pets. Well, so. it was an inevitability, but you know. yeah, it had to happen. Never but, happened uh, to the big O. No, never happened to the big O. I'm sure his cat loves him, but uh, no, it was it was incredible, mate. I, I, I remember when we were filming postcards from morgues, and we were, you know, we had a few days there where the surf wasn't firing, and we were just surfing, you know, cruddy little sloppy North Coast surf, and I remember just going, this fucking guy is ripping the shit. I, I'd totally forgotten how accomplished he was. In garbage. Mm. In rubbish. Because you think of the big O, you think of chopes, you think of the box, yeah. you think of slabs of mortal coniquence. Mm. But, uh, I mean, the guy's an East Coast grobbler at heart, Vaughn. That's right, Smithy. That's right, mate. And, you know, uh, I guess the, the heat that blew my mind, it, yeah, the rail surfing in that heat against Medina to the, the bronze medal matchup was just, you know. Oh, it was Tipping pure, Vaughn. It pure. was as pure as a Fernando Aguirre packet, my friend. <laughs> it, was, it was a really solid effort. That one wave that just kept giving him the bonus sections and he just riffs that giant oh. rooster tail on the end of it. Wasn't that crazy? That wave was an incredible combination of manoeuvres. We're talking about, like, triangles on top of triangles. There yeah. was more triangles than a modern collective premiere. <laughs> and he is just... <laughs> Finding power, finding pure uh, rail game yeah. in a geometric shitstorm. Yeah, and you could hear the stings all over the country. Just <laughs> there was a collective it was went up huge. from Australia. It was a huge. collective sting. But the, the heat, uh, like, oh, I'm trying to remember oh, the Jeremy Flores heat, the two, the swelly and fucking core lord off was the, probably the heat of the event. Mm. And uh, I just could not believe the fucking backhand, just looseness. Power hacking off the lip with variation. He just put on a fucking clinic. One of the greatest two-turn combos I've ever seen, boys. It was just so good to watch. Oh, could have been Culborough Main Beach circa 2001. And just, you know, the fact it was against Jeremy Flores, who is, you know, a a swellian brother. He's a part of the clan now. Mm. Smithy, whether he likes it or not, he's in the team, mate. (laughs) But um, one of the big takeaways, judging, I thought, throughout the entire event was uh, really solid, really Mm. well Mm. done. Maybe a little... 
push up here or a bit underscore there. But in general, a really watchable event. Not no nothing that that rattled the cage too much. But what was up with the the cones getting just completely whiffy noticed by the judges, mm. mate? They just it was almost like they it was almost like a, they they reeked of uh, Fukushima raw sewage mixed mm. with toxic waste. Like, like, they just wouldn't give the score. And I thought when uh, Flores came out after the spit, yeah, not the cleanest exit, but the, the drainage he got on that thing and how dark and just thick it was. And Michelle Perez, Team France as well, uh, also getting cooked heavily on a, on a really heavy, hard-to-ride, you know, thunder egg in his one. What's up there, mate? Should we be concerned moving into this back half of the tour with two big barreling waves? Are we going to be seeing twos and threes going out for, for eight second conages? Mm, yeah, it's a weird, weird uh, pattern of judging. I never thought we would enter a, a post-surf cone apocalypse where getting the vision is simply not rated uh, anything really in the eyes of the, the judging elite. Very strange, Vaughn. Very strange. I, I was, that, that was the one judging thing that baffled me, Smith. I'm like, well, everyone wants the cone. You want the cone. Of course I want the cone. I want the cone. You want the cone. I want the vis. Who you want, want the, the cone? I want the vis. It's all about the vis. Mate, it's just like whip. Anyway, I felt the boys got, the French team got underdone there. Mm. Maybe, uh, who knows? Well, they're, they're definitely the best looking team of, of anyone. Perhaps mm. uh, there was some shenanigans in the uh, village with the oh. wife, judges' wives. I don't know. I'm just speculating. You mean that, uh, that, that in and out on the shore break there in Japan wasn't the only in and out that Flores was tapping in, eh? Uh, they're both family men with the kids, so probably not. But, mm. you know, yeah, but no. a woman Those will French, last. mate, they're, they're <laughs> renowned for it. Uh, but, yeah, mate, look, uh, the other takeaway uh, from the Olympics before we, uh, we wind up on, on the big O here is the commentary. Absolutely top-notch. Barton Enjoyed Lynch. it. Barton Lynch. He's is, the best commentator in world surfing by a country He's mile. incredible. Oh. He's a mix of Daryl Eastlake, Ray Warren, with a sprinkling of core lord cone fiend degenerate. It's, it, a, it's a potent cocktail, Vaughn. It was just so, so fun to watch. And I loved, I loved the back and forth and the, uh, the, the you know, the uh, contrast between Barton's, you know, high energy, super knowledgeable, mega passionate, uh, informative surf froth. And then you've got the fucking... The Struktoff nerd. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. Johnny Bryan. Tell you how gentle that was a mighty fine re-entry in the pocket. Oh, no, there. it was a little bit more north than that. It was. He's got a bit of mongrel in him, old Johnny Bryan. He, I felt like I was watching a billiards or darts tournament <laughs> uh, in, in some sort of you know pub up north, the way that he was putting it together. And, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, att- he's, he's infrequent, but, uh, you know, often attempts to try and, uh, you know... Put a similar situation into into English football. It's like a corner kick. He's putting it in a corner. He's putting it in the middle. Oh, it was just. It was so fun to watch. And uh, really, I thought those two just just really brought the thing to life. So a uh, huge props there for the commentary team as well, mate. That was that was really really enjoyable. Uh, incredible scenes too. Watching on the broadcast, something I never thought I would have seen in my surfing life. Andy King. One of the most Australian surfers in the history of Australian surfing. An Australian surfing icon. A cron 
goat, the <laughs> cron goat, standing there on the beach in Japan with an, a Brazilian sporting tracksuit on Vaughn. Oh. And not just a Brazilian sporting tracksuit. Uh, I've got it in good word, the Golden Cone Piece Award when he's done some digging. Apparently a part of the official sporting ensemble uh, that Brazilian team members are expected to wear is a Brazilian G-string. And uh, Kingy took to it like a duck to water. Apparently he was playing fresh gobarts adjacent to the contest site, stunning that piece. Oh, well, we, can, we, we, we became accustomed to, to kicking in, the, in uh, the Brazilian corner during the Aussie League. Did a wonderful job. And, you know, Gabe, uh, he's come a long way since, since that precocious sort of, uh, you know, just... Uh, Nipple shaving, shaving micro dissing. Bratty kind of, you know, super talent that just... It was, it was just... It was hard to cop for Aussie surf fans, especially getting, you know... Just, Wins over Aussies, you know. Surfing. No respect for the little minor Marley, battler. Little you minor battler. Yeah, you no respect, show some respect. No respect for Micro Hall. No respect for Snapper Rocks. The surf break taken off and winning Snapper Rocks against Parco, who's getting drained behind the rock. Surfing little insiders at Little Marley, beating Nick Fanning uh, in the semi-finals of the quarters for a world title year with a, a, a layback in the whitewash. Ah, oh. oh, just the list goes on. Not taking the uh, podium after getting dusted by Jules in Portugal. Wow. He, he, made, he made himself so hard to like in this country. But, you know, in the last couple of years, he, he has, uh, just with the maturity, I think, maturity has come into it. Uh, the talent is just undeniable. And his, uh, his, his personality and, and his actions are starting to do really appeal to the Australian surfing public. Uh, even that heat against Joycey Wilson. Joycey's last, you know, heat for the foreseeable future. In a in a, a high level competition, you know they came in from that heat. They hugged on the beach. Those two have been at each other, mate. That's a bitter rivalry. Mm. They are fucking sour on each other usually. Are you sure it wasn't a last ditch effort for Joycey to wrap the tentacles around? Oh, it could have been. Just take a bit of energy from him in the it, lead. It could have been to the Yoan match up. It could have been, except that afterwards Joycey gave Medina one of his boards, and uh, or maybe. Yeah, but it was that. Yeah, Joycey gave Medina one of his boards as like a, a sign of token of respect mm. and uh, a, a real thank you for the rivalry and the, the elevation go, of each other's performance. I mean, they, they've got some of the all-time heats. That's right. Here you go, Medina, as a token of respect. Have my second-hand stock tie pop out, Merrick. <laughs> it's all yours, mate. Signed by the what team. What a gift. What a gift. But, yeah, no, look, I, uh, I think that, you know, having King in his corner has only endeared him further to us, but... It was funny, mate. I, I was uh, sitting with Fanning, watching the entire day play out, and I said to Mick, you know, what's going to happen here? Gabe not getting a medal. You know, is, is it going to crush him? Will it derail the kind of the year that he's on? Because he's been unstoppable, um, barring, you know, the odd slip up here or there in, in finals. I think he's been in six finals in a row or something ridiculous. Wow. 8,000 points ahead. One of the, the biggest leads. Biggest leads since In the Potts history of in, uh, tour surfing. 1989. And yeah. Mate, uh... I th- Mick just says it's it's you watch. He's going to turn into an absolute serial killer mm. from this point on. He, he will just uh, the, the fun will be gone now. Mm. He will destroy everyone. Mm. So uh, mm. that's something to look forward to as we head into the back half of the tour. Kingy though, even uh, even Mick, you know, as we're watching the, the the bronze medal battle go down, just couldn't couldn't get there for the king. He couldn't get there for Gabby. He was all about oh, he was all about Australia and fuck it was fun to watch. Oh, how good was it? Yeah, it's been his MO, his whole career, Medina. He'll come back just 
firing lasers out of those eyeballs, breathing fire, shitting world title trophies. Ah, oh, man, it's going to be a, a, an incredible crescendo. I'm just frothing to get into this back half of the World Tour season. Hopefully that Delta variant will fucking just stay trapped in fucking wherever mm-hmm. and not spoil Agreed. our party, Vaughn. I want some World Tour surfing to go down in premium conditions, mortal coniquence, and some fun trestles. 100%. It's going to be a incredible, incredible back half. So maybe uh, two other little points on the Olympics before we uh, say, 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 say for us, before we say sayonara on this uh, wonderful, historical moment in Australian surfing sporting history. Julian Wilson uh, went to the Olympics knowing that it would be his last event and fucking threw down, man. He threw down. Like he had a dodgy first heat, but to, to paddle out and throw down stalefish in your last heat, to, to get a full rotor and really ask the question on your last wave in competition, hats off to Joycey, mate. Well, you know, he, we talked about him at length last issue and I feel like, I feel like he, it's a well-earned break coming up for him. How long will he be out of the limelight? I'm not anticipating too long. Do you reckon he'll just, you know, jump back on the second this COVID wave sort of dissipates or whatever happens with it? I'd say so. I think he's got unfinished business. Uh, yeah, I mean, the world title that we had anticipated, it, it never came his way. I don't know why. I don't know if he expended too much energy in that free surf realm on the come up, the young guns, the uh, the profile film there. Yeah, I think he's got unfinished business for him. He, he's never tapped those competitive uh, heights that he wanted to. And uh, the same can be said for the big O, I think. Uh, I mean, these guys, I guess, coming out of that that Fanning, uh, Parco era uh, of Australian, you know, competitive success, we just assumed mm. there'd be more world titles on the way in the, the Julian Owen era, the Julian Owen generation. It hasn't eventuated, but there's been, uh, I don't know, an explosion coming out of Brazil that no one anticipated. I don't know if it was a, a French... A fresh shipment of guarine or taurine or <laughs> caffeine. I don't know what they're on over there, but it's, uh, it's been hard to match. Yeah. Well, we've got the uh, Japanese typhoon to come and then the Peruvian blizzard after mm. that. So it could be a while, Smithy. It could be a while. Final word on the Olympics, mate. The final word. Oh, just incredible. Hang on, hang on. De goat. Oh, where was he? What's he thinking? Where was he? He must have been watching John John and Chloe just going, you little fucking pea hearts. What if I was there? If I was there, I would have brought the passion to the fire. You know that when Slater won his first ever world title, he uh, got up on stage at the ASP banquet it was in 92 and he made the entire room stand up and he sang the American National Anthem because he wanted to feel the spirit of uh, doing it for his country as well as for himself. Wow. He actually got the entire room to sing the Star Spangled Banner. Wow. Because he the Hendrix to... version? I, I, I would imagine not because uh, Hendrix probably... We know he does play the guitar though. The oh, true, I mean, but he wouldn't have discovered A bit of acid under the eyelids and just rip out the <laughs> Hendrix Spangled right. Banner. But uh, to me, I think, I think there was a burning... Burning longing to be a part of that games, mm. and um, well, if his Instagram feed was any gauge in which there was absolutely zero mention, zero acknowledgement of the Olympics, mm. if that's any gauge, uh, you can suggest yes that there was definitely a bit of burning envy, a bit of a bronze rush in his guts. Yeah, bronze. So, uh, mate, uh, maybe should we start the campaign? Hashtag Goat Los Angeles. Oh, what's the next Olympics? Uh, 
Don't know, I mate. think it's Los Angeles. Is it? Yeah, and it's What's in three what? years. It's only in three years, Smithy. Oh, true. So the goat could be there. <laughs> What'll he be then? 56? Yeah, I reckon we uh, start it. Hashtag goat LA. Mm. Hometown Olympics. The goat. Look out for the goat, mate. <laughs> nibble, nibble, nibble. Come over here. I watch this. Cloth. Everything. Last word on the games, brother. Uh, I wanted to say I was going to say gold, but uh, I mean it was it was bronze, and that's good enough for me. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy? Are you kidding me? 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 Kidding me? Kidding me? Kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. 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 Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. 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 You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. 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 Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Kidding me? You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You fucking kidding me? Are 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 you fucking kidding me? You're not fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?